0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This day is finally here. Not just me being here, but Reformation Day, right? It's finally here. This is one of the great days uh, of the church here, as far as uh, as far as we're concerned, other churches may not like this day. They don't celebrate it, right? But we do. Um, and when you get to Reformation Day, people. When I told other pastors, "Yeah, my first Sunday is Reformation Day," they all go, "Ooh, man, you picked a hard one." I was like, "Okay, well, maybe I did, but that's okay, right? That's all right. It's a good day." And one of the things that I'm really challenged on, and I think most pastors preaching on this day would be challenged on is to say, what am I supposed to say? Uh, Not only, like I said, this is my first sermon here, and uh, I've heard from some of y'all that you've been watching me online when I was back in Fredericksburg, and, and so you've kind of heard a little bit of how I preach, but still, it's not the same as actually me being your pastor preaching to you live and in person, right? So what do I say on Reformation Day? Do I, do I go through a history of the Lutheran Church? Do I talk about how we got here? Do I talk about the church in general and say, what started this whole thing? How did we get here? And and you know what's the deal? Um, do I talk about the hymns? Do I talk about the heritage? What do I do, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Well... If there's anything that I can do, it is to talk about God's word, right? That's what we pastors are supposed to do. So sometimes it's best to just keep it simple, right? Keep it simple, talk about the word. And that's exactly what this day is all about. That's what every Sunday is really all about. But today being Reformation Day, that that is exactly what today is supposed to be, uh, supposed to be Um, supposed to be focused on, God's word. Because if you look at the uh, front of your cover of the bulletin, you'll see that symbol, VDMA, right? Verbum, or, uh, I'm not good with Latin, they didn't teach me Latin, but I think it's Verbum Domini Manet Manet in Aeternum. The word of the Lord remains forever. That was a rallying cry for the Reformation. The word of God had been not necessarily entirely lost, but at a certain point, it certainly was de emphasized so much to the point where traditions of men started to be what people thought God was actually teaching, right? <coughs> And we being Lutherans, we're very interesting. We're very unique. And I'm not just saying that because I am one, right? Uh, it's very tempting to say, we Lutherans, we're the best. You know, my, um, my grandfather used to say, if you ain't Lutheran, you ain't nothing. So I was like, all right, I, I, I get it. I get it. We do believe there is salvation outside of the Lutheran church, of course, right? But the thing is, is that We love our heritage and our tradition because we believe that we have the truth, right? And it's not that other churches don't have the truth, they don't have Jesus, but it is that we believe that according to God's word, we have everything that we need and we do our best not to bring in other things that might muddy the waters, if you know what I'm saying, right? We Lutherans... uh, well, we follow after the namesake. We don't worship Luther, but we agree with him, right? And he was a wonderful man who was a brilliant, uh, a brilliant pastor, uh, a brilliant preacher, and a great, uh, a great writer of hymns. And we just sang one of the best, right? That's one of the favorites. <laughs> I was talking with Fran, I was like, well, What do we sing on Reformation Day? I said, that's a ridiculous question. Of course we sing a mighty fortress, right? And when you look at this hymn, you see some interesting things. You see that the world is filled with devils, and they want to devour us. You see that we don't tremble at this, though. We don't fear them. They cannot conquer us, right? And then we see that all they can do is scowl at us and taunt us and try and trick us and try and um, get us to do what we're not supposed to do as Christians, right? And then you see that one great little line, one little word can fell Satan, right? One thing I want to focus on, as your pastor, now... uh, Usually the first sermon is all about what you can expect from me, right? What you can expect from me, I will get into in just a second here, but I want to use this hymn, one little word can fell Satan. I want to talk about what that little word might be. There's speculation on this, um, a lot of people think, I don't think Luther ever said what that word was, so it's kind of, it's like, it's a fun topic of conversation. One, there's, there's, there's really two options that a lot of people hold to. One of the options of the one word that can fell Satan, that can conquer him, is the word, is the name Jesus Christ spoken in, in faith, right? That when Satan comes after you, you say, in the name of Christ, get away from me, right? In the name of Christ, I am saved, right? Don't bother me. Leave me alone. In the name of Christ, you can't harm me, right? Spoken in faith. The other option, the other possibility of the one little word, is to call Satan what he is. He is a He is a liar, right? When he comes to you, when you are a Christian, right? When you are saved by the blood of Christ, shed for you, when you are covered with his grace, and he comes to you and he says, you deserve hell and damnation, that's what you're getting. You can say, you're a liar, get out of here, right? You can say, you're a liar, you're the father of lies. I don't need to listen to you, I'm saved in Christ, Those are two great options of what that one word can be. Although, I think there could be a third option. And that's really what I want to talk about. The third option um, was brought up when I was at the seminary by a professor of mine. Um, He said, I can't remember who he said thought this up, but I think it's great. He said, the one word that can fell Satan is the word it is okay the word is is that one word now you may say how is that possible what it, what's so great about that word if you know your reformation history there's a lot of things that went on besides the nailing of the of the the 95 theses on the church doors in in, uh, in ah, I don't know whether to do the German pronunciation or the English pronunciation, but um, um, either way, my stutter won't do it. Um, um, Wittenberg, there we go. There's more to the story than that. There was a lot of possibilities of unifying different groups together to say, how are we going to pre- present a united front against the Pope? How are we going to seem strong against him? And there were, there were Luther and the Germans there, um, and then there were these Swiss reformers led by a man called Zwingli. Have y'all ever heard of him before? Zwingli, some are nodding, some are saying yes, some are saying no, that's all right. Zwingli is I would say probably the father one of the fathers of like the the reformed christians like calvinists and things like that right Zwingli had this group of swiss christians that wanted to join with 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 excuse me with luther and his group and so they had this thing called the 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 Marburg colloquy. They met in the castle in Marburg and they discussed points of doctrine. They agreed on 14 points of doctrine. They said that's we agree on all these things. But the 15th point they did not agree on. And that was the doctrine of the body and blood of Christ given in the Lord's Supper. Luther kept saying, Christ says it is his body, it is his blood. And Zwingli would kind of say, okay, well, he would come around back around to saying it represents, it is a symbolic representation. And this is what you got to love about Luther. He, He was a character and he was staunch. At one point, he got so tired of saying the word, it is, that he wrote it on the tablecloth. He wrote it on the tablecloth, and every time that Zwingli would say it represents, he would just... (laughs) Is, 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 right? That's the thing, and that's why my professor said, I think that one word that can fell Satan is the word is. That's where that comes from. Because Luther was saying, we want to hold to all of God's word. right? That when Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body given for you, Take, drink. This is the cup of the new covenant shed for you in my blood, right? We say, well, he says it is. I can't explain why or how it happens, but I gotta believe it. You know, Jesus is not gonna tell me something wrong, right? So that's where we differ in a lot of ways, with other Protestant Christians. So we Lutherans are very interesting, we're very different, and we want to hold fast to what God's Word says. And that is exactly what I want to do as your pastor. I want to hold fast to what the truth is, right? What God's Word says is true. And one thing that I really want to stress today is that on this glorious On this glorious uh, day where we celebrate this great uh, reclaiming, reclamation of God's word and God's truth, let us hold fast to that truth. Let us hold fast to what is, because we live in this world, as our hymn of the day says, we live in this world full of devils, of demons, of people who are deceived by demonic forces. Now, you may say, Pastor, that's a little far. I mean, I just differ with them politically or religiously or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, the devil is the father of lies. All lies come from him, but all truth comes from God, right? It is God's truth. And so we see from Jesus, uh, from our gospel text today, he says that if you abide in my word, you are truly my, you are truly m- you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. People who believe in lies are in bondage, they are in slavery, they serve sin. Jesus says, If you, that everyone who commits sin, it also means practices sin, you are a slave to sin. Now, you don't practice something unless you want to get really good at it, right? if you practice it, if you hone your skills of sin and you just keep on working at it, you're a slave to that sin. That is not what God wants. That is not what God wants for anyone. And the reason why I think it's important to say that one word that can conquer Satan is to say what is. Because, well, now you're going to say, Pastor, you're getting a little off the rails here on your first sermon, but... We live in a world where, I, I mean, it may not be a problem here in this town, but in the, in the world at large, we live in a world where people really struggle with, with that word, what is. People don't even know, there are a lot of people who don't even know what a man is, what a woman is, right? We are in this battle of saying, am I born a man? Just because I, you know, look like a man, or am I born a woman, or, you know, it's, there's a lot of confusion. There's so much confusion that we have to understand what truly it, it, what truly it is as God has spoken in his word. And I say that because we have a lot of the emphasis on the gospel, right? We love talking about Jesus. And Jesus is the focus, right? Jesus is why we are here. Christ is why we are gathered here to hear his word and what he has done for us in dying for our sins. And the thing is, though, is that we also agree as good good, as good as Lutherans. We know that the gospel isn't the only thing. We have the law and we have the law. And, and, excuse me, the law and the gospel, right? We have to have both of those things together. If we only tell people about Jesus and we don't tell them about why he came to die for their sins, well, if you tell them, like, he died for your sins, they go, whoa, what do you mean sins? What is this whole sin business, right? The thing is, is that people are not really going to care about Jesus coming and dying for their sins if they don't even know what sins are, if they don't even know how they are sinful, right? So we have to speak both, the fullness of God's word. But we have to let the gospel reign supreme. We have to say, yes, you are a sinner. All have sinned and fallen short. And Yet, how beautiful, how wonderful it is that Christ became flesh, and died for your sins. How wonderful it is that in the fullness of God's plan, he doesn't let you just languish in sin and despair. He picks you up and he says, you are my child. Let me wash you clean with the waters of, with the waters of baptism. Let me feed you the very body and blood of Christ. Let me give you all that you need to sustain your faith. Let me do this for you. That is why we have this great service called the called called the divine service. In German, um, in German, it is um, in German it is pronounced. In German, it is pronounced Gottesdienst. God serves us, right? He comes and he gives all of himself so that we would know his love. And so we take that love and we go out to this world not being afraid of the people that are so severely deceived by the lies of Satan. We don't fear them and we don't hate them But we speak the truth in love to them. We pray for them. We tell them, listen, this is not what God wants for you. Please come with me to church sometime and hear about the truth. Or let me talk to you about the truth. Let me pray for you. That is a hard thing to do. Even as a pastor, I I have a, a stutter. It's hard for me to go to people and say, hey, I'm praying for you, right? Or say, hey... It seems like you're a bit downtrodden. It seems like you're a bit confused about something. Let's talk about this. But that's what we're called to do, right? We're called to proclaim God's truth. We're called to live in God's truth. And so, as your pastor, I pray that you can expect that from me, God's truth in its fullness, in the law that says you you have sinned and fallen short, and in, and in the gospel that says you are saved. So, um, I pray that as you go forth from here, you would know that God truly loves you, that Christ has truly died for your sins, that you would hold fast to this, and that you would want to proclaim that to everyone out beyond, beyond, beyond these walls. So that they would know the truth, so that they could be set free, and the peace of God, um, and the peace, and the peace of God, which which surpasses all understanding, um, will guard your hearts. Uh, uh, and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord.